podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey Cobbers, from the land down under. This is the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast. Whether you're with the Strikers, the Stars or the Sixers, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Big Bash Daily. I'm James the Cricket Badger. This is the 300th edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. Thanks to everybody down those many editions for giving me their time to come on as guests and experts and fans and whatever else it's been as we've gone through those 300 editions of the Cricket Badger pod. Quite a lot of talking and quite a lot of editing and thank you very much indeed for listening. Thank you very much to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their support of these BBL10 daily podcasts. I'm joined by a whole host of cricket badger fan badgers today who have been on the podcast throughout the tournament so far. Just a word for Abai Maita, who has tested positive for COVID. We sent him our best wishes for a speedy recovery. He's not able to join us today. But I am joined by Sam, Ash, Michael, Ollie and Rito to talk about the league phase, how their team has done and how they've seen this big bash 10 incarnation down under in Australia. Let's start off with Michael, our Brisbane Heat fan. He's very happy that Brisbane Heat have got through the league stage. But Michael, your overall reflections on the league so far and how you've seen this big bash. What's your uh, thoughts on that? A bit of an experiment, really, from Cricket Australia to introduce some potentially controversial new variations to the laws of the game, I think has worked well. It's been a really competitive series of matches. Uh, You know, you only have to look at the points difference between two and six or two and eight to to see that it's been, you know, really closely contested. I think we've seen some reasonable cricket, but I think we've seen some pretty average cricket as well at times. And uh, look, I was actually thinking to myself today, you know, I've actually got a break from cricket today. I don't have to sit up late and watch a game. And I I used the word have to, which tells me that for mine, I think on reflection, the tournament as it stands right now is a little bit too long in the round robin phase. And I don't think that's anyone... Uh, a surprise to anyone who's a listener to this show. Yeah, I think we've we've agreed that really that sometimes with these T20 competitions, less is more. Kind of getting people to kind of concentrate for two whole months is quite a big ask in this modern world, especially with what's going on around the place. Sam, is that your perception of how the Big Bash has been? That maybe it has gone on a little bit too long. Fifty-six group games, and you only lose three teams out of the eight as a result of those group games. Maybe it could have been cut a bit more. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure quite how you you go about it with a lot of the. It becomes very complicated you either everyone plays each other once and so you have seven games or everyone plays each other twice which doubles it up to 14 it's, it becomes much more intricate when you try and find a halfway house and so some yeah it's never quite a fair reflection when not if, if you're playing some teams twice and some teams only once but for me I'm completely with Michael it's just felt like it's pushed on a little bit I love doing these podcasts but actually I can't really remember a time when it's a bit like lockdown I can't remember a time when they didn't exist and that is because the tournament has just crept on <laughs> A little bit too long. I'm excited because now we're at the, in inverted commas, the, the business end. Um, so that there's games that really do mean something. But if they can just, yeah, it's been said before, there's a slightly too greedy, wanting a little bit too much and perhaps 
overdoing it somewhat. Rito, you're our Sydney Sixers uh, fan, so you'll be delighted to see them top of the league after the group phase. Still a, a bit to do before they can get their hands on the silverware. But how have you seen the tournament, the Big Bash 10? Have you enjoyed it? Is there anything that you could see that could improve it in the future? Well, yes, James, I'm absolutely delighted that Sydney Sixers have topped the league table. Yeah, just like Michael and Sam mentioned that they're trying to kill the Golden Goose now, Cricket Australia. The original version of BBL was the perfect one, short and sharp, probably lasted about a month and it was done. Now they have tried to replicate the IPL version and it has become way too long now. Ash, are you using, losing the will to live or have you enjoyed it? I've really enjoyed it and I think it, it has been a really good tournament with lots of good cricket. Some shaky cricket, as Michael says, some of the fielding at times has been very debatable and I guess that alongside the lack of DRS have been the negatives. It, it has gone on a bit too long, but I wonder if maybe instead of getting rid of so many games, keep it at the number of games, but it seemed to be quite a lot of opportunities for double headers that were missed. Yeah. Obviously, they weren't helped by the Australia-India Test Series, which meant there was a few days where we'd, we didn't have any games. I wonder if it's possible to keep them the number of games as it is, but condense it. And I know that might mean there's fixture clashes, but if you can still watch both games, even if it's on different channels, is that such a bad thing? I think maybe that's where they need to they can loop to make it a short tournament a bit more punchy because probably the last week maybe 10 days is maybe where people have started to think God is it really still going on and we still don't know who's going to make the playoffs Ollie, I think we've all agreed um, from what everybody said that it's slightly, probably slightly too long. But in a year with COVID where we're all locked down and everybody's looking for things to do, maybe this is a year where tournaments could go on forever, isn't it? We we, we need cricket, don't we? Yeah, just to go back as well, I, I totally agree with Ash's point there. I, I think it's it's maybe not too long. It can just get a bit monotonous without any break. It's game after game every night. And where there's no break, it doesn't feel like it's a, not that it needs to, like, but a special occasion or doesn't mean anything and it doesn't mean really as exciting because you've got so many games I mean they've done fantastically well to get the, the games on and they've, they've probably been helped by Covid for for viewing figures. I think it's really, really uh, interesting to see the way they've gone. It's monotonous one game a night, very similar to the IPL, and they've done really well to get it on. But I, I think it's slightly going against what they're doing in Europe for football, where instead of a, a game a night, it's a game day. So you get to watch, you've got two channels showing the game simultaneously, starting at the same time. You get to pick and choose, because I might not want to watch the Heat versus the Strikers, but I might want to watch another game. And it does free up more time and, and make it a better system. But going back to the COVID thing, yeah, it, it's really good. It's got me through lockdown to be honest and um, it's been really helpful and really enjoyable in changing times like these make a change yourself buy your own home still living with parents or renting why not buy your first property mortgage rates are lower than ever speak to blue crocodile blue crocodile yeah blue crocodile they'll get you the right first time buy a deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you they don't bite they're just straight talking people like me give them a bell or go online blue crocodile Michael, you just uh, sent me a message on Zoom about the, the time zones in Australia. How, how do you see that helping the, the structure of the tournament? Well, if you have a look at the, the time difference between the East Coast and West Coast, is a, a minimum of two hours. Uh, so if you've got Western Australia and the East East Seaboard, Sydney and Melbourne markets, uh, which is where you primarily your TV markets are in Australia and Sydney and Melbourne, 
you can play a primetime game uh, on the Eastern Seaboard and then you could play a game in Perth later on that evening and potentially have that second game in the Perth primetime market. So that game could start at 7.30 or 8 o'clock and, and be on at primetime in Perth. And then that game would end up being a late game in Sydney. But the, the kind of impact there is all, all the games featuring the Perth sides would end up, or most of them would end up being outside the Eastern Seaboard uh, primetime TV market. So I understand why they haven't gone that way in terms of having multiple games featuring more heavily in the schedule. I think also the fact that they had to kind of move games around and it was a little bit of chopping and changing would have ma- had an impact on on their preferred scheduling of, of matches because they had to move venues so often. But I am a big fan of having back-to-back games or, or double-header nights, particularly with women's BBL as a standalone tournament. So they've moved that to a standalone tournament earlier in the, in the calendar. So I think there is an opportunity to condense the schedule a little bit there, particularly if you've got hub games. So if all the teams are in Monica Oval or there's four teams in Monica playing back-to-back on a few days, you can kind of move them around in groups uh, that I think would condense the schedule and make it a much better viewing experience for, for those that are watching lots of games. I don't want this podcast to come across as we're bashing the bash because I think there is uh, work to do, but you know, credit to Cricket Australia and everybody involved for getting this tournament on with all the you know, stresses and strains of COVID um, around Australia at the moment. They've done a fantastic job in doing that. And, and let's look at the positives. Let's go around uh, one by one to think about our favourite moment, our champagne moment, if you like, of the, the league phase so far. I'm going to kick us off to give you a chance to think about that. Uh, and mine would be Alex Hales. He's 110 for Sydney Thunder. I've watched those highlights of that innings a few times now and the hitting in that. There's, there's a certain sound you get off a cricket bat and it's like a, a little bit of a gunshot or something like that when it's when it's timed beautifully and Alex Hales was like he was in a, a firing range or something like that. He was just smashing the ball. Fours and sixes galore. 110 for him. He's been one of the stars of the big bash for the Sydney Thunder this time. So that 110 for me would be my favourite moment of the big bash so far. Rito, um, let's go to you. Sydney Sixers, you've had plenty to choose from because they've done rather well. What would be your favourite moment of the, the tournament so far? As a Sydney Sixers fan, I have to go with a Sydney Sixers win, isn't it? So my favourite moment of this year's league stage would be Sydney Sixers win over Melbourne Stars with one wicket remaining. That was absolutely thriller of a game and to chase 194 with nine wickets down was thrilling. Ash, what about you? Um, as a Sydney Thunder fan, I would be very tempted to go with Alex Ailes' knockout. It wasn't simply amazing knock to watch. So I'm going to go with the the actual last game against the Strikers. I must admit, being very concerned that I thought they just might not do this. And even with not a massive chase on, I thought to lose a couple early, I can just see it going wrong, being the pessimist that I can be. But to watch how easy Ferguson and Hales just made it loop was just, I found really good cricket. And to see young lads like Tanvir Sanger doing so well for them was brilliant to watch as well. Sam, you're our Adelaide Strikers. Man, what will be your moment to, to cherish from this big bash? So many to choose from. I enjoy stories like James Besley playing for Brisbane Heat, having had a couple of years out. You know, that, that dream it just shows you keep working hard, playing great cricket and the call can come. But I'm going to go for Alex Carey's 100, I think for the strikers oh, it's not so long ago now but I particularly enjoyed watching it he'd been released by his IPL franchise that day and Ricky Ponting of course the, the head coach who had well, presumably had quite a big say in, in releasing him was then watching him strike 100 and kind of having to laugh along and make the best of it but it was almost it was a kind of perfect very friendly flicker of two Vs and also a, a cracking knock as well 
Ollie, you're the uh, Melbourne Stars fan on the podcast. They've obviously been uh, eliminated from the tournament. There's some good things to choose from, but it doesn't have to be Melbourne Stars. But what your champagne moment at the Big Bash so far? One of my most pleasurable moments was listening to Aaron Finch talk through the final overs and his insight into it and, and having the mic'd up captain. And just getting that insight, which... That was really good, it, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was really nice to see it. Just how he interacted with the bowler and had the trust and, and they went about it. And I thought that's something we don't often get to see. We don't get to see it in the IPL and not often in the blast at all. So I thought that was a really good invention. And we saw it with Maxwell as well. And, and from a, a star's perspective, I'd probably say um, Zampa getting a Pfeiffer after having a bit of a mixed tournament and coming back strongly. But for really me, it was Aaron Finch's, the way he went about and his management of players. I, I thought that was really good and great innovation from the Bastards see that Michael Brisbane Heat fan um, what would be your moment well I can't go past Boxing Day Thunder Renegades in Canberra a 19 year old leg spinner takes 4 for 14 off 3.2 overs it's very very hard for me to go past that as a, a member of the Wrist Spinners Guild uh, for my favourite moment of the tournament but for me just the general sense of of the Heat's overachievement to make the playoffs is, is also quite pleasing but as a single moment uh, Tanvir Sanger 4 for 14 as a 19 year old bursting onto the international stage in a domestic tournament just brilliant stuff from that young man if you're on the sweepstake uh, listeners uh, that takes Michael's Tanvir Sanger references up to about 998 I think um, he's yeah, big... I'm aiming for a thousand before we get off this podcast <laughs> Thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their support of these Big Bash dailies. Remember, the housing market is still open, so if you're looking to take advantage of the stamp duty holiday, you're going to need a snappy solution. If your question is, what's the right mortgage for me? The answer is bluecrocodile.co.uk. Quick uh, go on the new rule system. We talked about it a lot at the start of the the big bash. Um, obviously the power surge, the two overs to be taken later on, the X factor sub where you can change a player after ten overs, and the big bash boost point. I think the consensus from what everybody said so far is that the boost point good. The power surge has been interesting. The X factor sub maybe not quite so much. Rito, would you go along with that? Yes, James, I would agree with that. Yeah, a power surge and the bash bash point has been very good, but X factor maybe we have to have a look at that later. I think that's uh, the general consensus, isn't it? I, I saw Aaron Finch's uh, comments as well uh, overnight about players with families. I mean, it doesn't have to be players with families, but living in the bio bubbles in tournaments around the world, Aaron Finch was saying that his wife had calculated just 21 days out of a bio bubble since May last year for him. And that is hard to cope with. Ollie, I mean, we've, we've talked about selections and things with uh, the England international team, haven't we? But when you hear of a, a player like Aaron Finch, who has obviously started to struggle and there's probably no coincidence that his form has dipped a little bit with that as a backdrop and when your form is bad and all you've got is your hotel room to look at it must be quite tough to cope with we all want to see cricket but we've all got to remember that cricketers are human beings as well yeah massively as someone who suffered with poor form with the bat for 30 years I can absolutely <laughs> defend Aaron Finch for, for feeling pretty pretty rough about how it is and having to stare at the same four walls as you know it must be it must be horrific and all you want to do is have a break of scenery so it, it's really important that we look and we talked about it a lot and I don't want to go with player welfare and we, uh, and also this bubble situation so I think it's really interesting that we get into the situation with it and the calendar being so busy there was an article today by Nick Holt who says the genie's out of the bottle now about cricket scheduling and, and the way we treat players that it's not 
and they got, and it's not international cricket and IPL. It's going to get to the point where it's an either or, especially for English players, as as the calendar becomes busier and the IPL creeps more and more into the first class season. I think we're at a threshold now, and Aaron Finch has summed it up, where there needs to be something in place to manage it and manage it as well as possible. Ash, we've got to think about the the human beings behind the cricket whites or the coloured clothing around the world, haven't we? And when when sometimes somebody who we want to see play suddenly says, I need to take that tournament off, we've got to be quite understanding about that and just re- recognise the fact that this is a very strange time. Yeah, we live in strange, possibly the strangest times we've ever seen. And we all know now in this day and age how important mental health is and how important sort of mental freshness and strength is, I guess, in the professional sport world so we've got to trust players on this they're not going to say I want to miss a tournament or I want to miss a test series or whatever it is for any other reason they're going to want to be there let's be honest most professional cricketers will like cricket they will want to be playing so they're not going to choose to miss it for, for fun so I think we've just got to trust them. We've got to give them that chance to have the break because the mental fitness is just as important as the physical fitness. And if you want to see players performing at the best, we need both sides of that fitness to be at a prime, really. Sam, this is a big question to ask you, so I do apologise in advance, but cricket kind of replicates society, doesn't it, a little bit? We've had, in England certainly, um, kind of balancing out from the government of finances and the economy against public health and, and safety. And cr- cricket's got uh, the same kind of dilemma haven't they 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 want to try and stack it high uh, sell it dear we've seen the Lord's ticket prices for goodness sake you know try and get money into the game when it's been hemorrhaging out of the game because no tickets have been sold and no bums on seats got to balance that out with uh, looking after the people involved in it yeah and I think uh, for me I, I said it before but I think player or not even player human welfare has to come first you know there are parallels with the kind of government and societal the parallel you made but I think in cricket, cricket is just a sport and human welfare has to come first and foremost. And I've seen some people say, oh, you know, we should just keep keep going until there's an issue and then send them home. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. You, you can't grind people. You don't you, you don't want to break people. It's too, it's too late then, isn't it? it well, yeah, it's, a, it's, just, it's just not a very nice thing to do. But B, you end up, you could cause longer term damage. You might get a couple of games out of them now, but they might nev- <laughs> never be seen again on a cricket pitch. But you just have to got to get ahead of this and I think the way Chris Silverwood and the, the, the way the England Seth were doing it is fantastic and I know they're getting a lot of criticism and it will continue the India series if we lose it in particular there will be so much said about it but I've said it the other day let's just celebrate the fact that we've got cricket we've got a pool of talented players that can all that means we get, we're able to rotate and you've just got to look after the humans first take all the money out of it and Michael, we, we want to see cricket. We want to see a good standard of cricket, though, as well. And we want to see the cricketers playing with a smile on their face and to be entertained by them. And w- when you see players who are obviously really struggling, and obviously, I mean, Aaron Finch has stuck his head above the parapet. And if you've watched him play, I mean, he's, he's really tried hard, but he's really struggled. And if you're struggling like that and you're going back to a hotel room, it can't be easy. So we want these guys that are entertaining us to actually be looking like they're enjoying it. And it's tough to do this year, isn't it? Very tough. And, and I think you'll see a lot more teams employing a guy 
like David Hussey was employed uh, in the IPL as a chief morale officer. You know, it's just someone around the group who is a good man to have in, in the locker room, as they say in American sports parlance, who, who gets along well with the rest of his teammates, you know, might make coffee for the group. Uh, I think Adam Zampa was was keen on that, Rishabh Punt as well in the IPL. Um, so yeah, it, it's one of those things that the locker room presence and camaraderie becomes much more like a, an American sporting team where they all travel together and, and do all those kinds of things than a cricket team that gets together for training and games and then goes home to their own environments. I think cricket is a better place than most to be able to cope with those kinds of stresses and presses, pressures because they tour a lot. Uh, but I think they're going to need to have more and more emphasis and more and more understanding of the impact of those kinds of things on things like their fielding and their ability to manage soft tissue injuries when they have to ramp up and ramp down through not being able to train through through lockdown periods and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams navigate that moving forward over the next 18 months. Yeah, I think that the message from people like us should be thank you very much to the cricketers that have stuck themselves in bio bubbles and have entertained us. But if you haven't fell up to doing that, absolutely no harm in saying that you want to take a series off and you want to go and look after yourself and that spend some time with your family. Because as Sam said, there is more important things than cricket, although sometimes it doesn't feel like that when you are a cricket badger. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badgers think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badgers think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Together, we save balls. just remains for me to say on this podcast we're looking forward to these playoffs with five teams left and hoping that we're going to see some really good entertainment over the final five games of this tournament I'd like to say as well thank you to Ash, Michael, Ollie, Rito and Sam plus uh, Naman and Abai too for joining me on these podcasts through the Big Bash really appreciate their time and efforts and chaps just one very quick question to you all I need is a team name from you as we finish this podcast before the playoffs of the five teams left who is going to win Big Bash 10 Ash Sydney Thunder Michael uh, Perth Scorchers I said it last night and I have to stick with it Perth Scorchers Ollie Sydney Sixers Sam Lane Strikers James it's not even a question <laughs> and I think the same might apply to Rito our Sydney Sixers fan is it Sydney Sixers Rito? yeah I can't disagree with Ollie so it's Sydney Sixers all the way well it's going to be fun isn't it to watch yeah. keep joining us as well on these big bash dailies we're going to go all the way through to the final on the 6th of February it's been a terrific tournament so far and it's only going to get better as we've got to the pointy end of the competition thanks to all of the guys for joining me on the podcast today you'll hear from them again as we go through the playoffs as well thanks to Blue Croc crocodile.co.uk for the continued support of these podcasts. I've been James the Cricket Badger and see you again tomorrow. Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then. Podcast Network.